ladies and gentlemen, goyles and ghouls, is that what they used to say? And uh, degenerates of all ages. This is a special spooky sleazing edition of Degen Cinema, the podcast for fucked up movie lovers where two degenerates analyze film through the lens of the vices, addictions, and flaws that we share with their dysfunctional characters. And this week, we are going a little a little different here because it is spooky sleazing, and we're giving our 10 great underrated horror films for Halloween, the spooky sleazing, five each, five from me, five from Brandon. Brandon, to choose who goes first, we are going to flip my four, soon to be five year, Alcoholics Anonymous. Five years, uh, nice. Yeah, five year, November 28th, just uh, right around the corner. We should do a uh, special episode from my and sobriety. We definitely date. will. And DGENs, and we're going to just refer to everyone as DGENs because we don't, we'll just take the um, male, female shit, pronoun shit off the table. We're just like, everyone's a DGEN to us. It doesn't matter. Male, female, whoever you are, whatever you are, you're all DGENs to us. If you're, if you're tuning in, you are a DGEN, even if you don't consider yourself one. And what I want to let you know, DGENs who are listening, if Andy was not sober, this does not happen. And not because he wasn't functional enough. He would have been functional enough. I could not stand him when he was yeah. not sober. <laughs> yeah. I love sober Andy. I love it. Yes. I uh, am about an 11 out of 10 now. And back then I was kind of like a 14 out of 10 on the uh, yeah. <laughs> hard to deal with scale. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sending me Snapchats of girlfriends, of girl, not girlfriends, girls, vaginal discharge at 8.30 in the morning. I'm like, it's 8.30 in the morning, bro. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, I don't know where that discharge came from. I just wanted to show you what I woke up to <laughs> or didn't go to sleep and saw it the yeah. next day when I was trying to kick someone out of my house. So at least I didn't show right. you how I didn't change those sheets. All right, Brandon. So to choose uh, who goes first, we're going to flip the uh, sobriety yeah, I'll go, coin. I'll go tails because I like getting some tail. All right. Tails it is. Okay. So to start off my underrated horror movie, Rex, this is a movie I think doesn't get nearly the love it should, not only from the casual movie watcher, but from the horror community. It is Black Coat's Daughter. Uh, made by Oz Perkins, you know, um, the son of Anthony Perkins. Really? And it's, yeah, yeah. And it no stars idea. Emma Roberts and Kiernan Shipka from um, Mad Men fame, or totally killer, if you really. And James Remar is in it, and he's fantastic. It is about as moody of a movie as they make. And the it's just dripping with atmosphere. And if, I, I think you could tune into that even if you aren't a horror geek and you're going to be able to handle like the scares are not over the top scary. But if you're somebody who can't handle the tension, it might be too much to you. It's also the best performance I've seen Emma Roberts give. It is a moody ass movie. Yeah. <laughs> and and that was kind of the beginning of the a24 horror phase that was an a24 mm -hmm. horror movie but that was before hereditary before the witch like just before all yeah, of those it, it, it came out in 2017 but it actually was finished in 2015 it hit the yes. hit the um fest circuit in 2015 but like nobody wanted it and they had trouble with distribution and all this bullshit 
And then it came out in 2017 and it was called something else. It's, I'm drawing a blank right now. I could Google mm-hmm. it, but it had a different name. They renamed November. It was literally called November because it's because it is a vibe of like, because it takes place uh, during it's these girls. It's an all girls school, mm-hmm. boarding school. And one girl gets left behind. And then, uh, and then you start and it has like different you don't really know you think that you're just watching two different people and it turns out that yeah spoiler these are just, this is the same person and they yes. did a horrific thing when they were young and they yeah. just waited till they were older and they just did the horrific thing all over again yeah that's a really approachable moody ass fucking movie yes yes so that's my first wreck um, <laughs> my first wreck is a 2016 movie this was a movie that cost almost a hundred million dollars. It was, well, actually, that's not true. It cost fifty million dollars, but it was a studio picture with the Super Bowl advertisement that failed so miserably in theaters because when people went to go see the new horror film from the director of Pirates of the Caribbean, they said, oh, yes. yeah, "What yeah, yeah. the Here fuck is this? This movie is a cure for wellness. Mm-hmm. It's." A gothic studio horror movie with a Again, high budget, dripping with atmosphere. Oh, it's 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 all atmosphere. But when the Palpable. when the like the 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 gnarliness happens, there are scenes of people getting eels prodded up their nose. There's a close up of a drill going through someone's front teeth in this movie. It's really gross and hard to watch when it happens, but atmosphere-wise, these are some of the coolest sets, cool single locations. I love gothic horror films. Um, I was going to put... Burbinsky, the director, shoots the fuck out of a movie. Like It's a beautiful-looking film. It's a crazy good-looking film with some incredible just landscape photography on top of the Mm -hmm. sets. Um, He was actually supposed to make, if you're like a video game fan, the bioshock series which is like this incredible um game series uh that's kind of got like a cyberpunk aesthetic he actually Mm -hmm. was going to make this film adaptation for a long time could never get the funding and a lot of the sets and design popped into this like the big tanks and the eels and the weird suits and the medical experiments and shit like this um this was also the first time i remember seeing mia goth who's kind of a D-Gen horror queen at this point. Um, In recent years, yeah, she's propped herself up. Yeah, and incredible actress working with incredible people and takes weird roles where she gets big naked and big crazy all the time. And it's truly, you can tell, flawed to her core. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, she is so broken in like every way possible. (laughs) Um, A Cure for Wellness was a movie that went really overlooked bombed horrifically that I think will find an audience, especially for those people who suck at the teeth of the Guillermo del Toro's of the world. This Mm -hmm. is actually better than Crimson Peak. This is actually better than Shape of Water. If you're going for that vibe, this is the fucking movie. Great call. Uh, My next wreck, wreck number two, underrated horror flicks, The Loved Ones, 2009, Aussie slasher. Yeah. Uh, I was fortunate enough that I caught this at TIFF, uh, Toronto Film Festival, that year. And it wasn't at the Midnight Madness where they usually... I think it might have been part of Midnight Madness, but I caught it at a 6 p.m. showing of it up at Bloor Cinema. 
And I went in blind. I just kind of saw, oh, you should check this out. And it fucking floored me. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it now. I won't reference this too much because I don't give a shit about this, but it's got 98% of Rotten Tomatoes for fuck's sakes. Yeah. And it is um, gnarly when it gets gnarly. And so if you're squeamish, you might, if you're like truly a squeamish person, then maybe avoid it because, but like, but by film, by, sorry, by horror nerd standards, what would you give this? Like a 6.57 out of 10 for gnarliness, you know, like. It- it's really gnarly. Um, what's his name? Uh, Sean Byrne. Did you see Devil's Candy? Like his his other movie? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. He he he's gnarly and quasi psychedelic. Like he always puts recreational drug use in his movies, which I really mm-hmm. dig. Uh, it, it's a trip of a fucking movie you know it's 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 definitely a hidden gem that like if i found when i was a kid that would what been, like, i love it is that so it's it it the, the story is a girl who basically like texas chainsaw massacre style lives at home and her family like provides for her like bringing in victims or whatever and yeah, she yeah. falls for this guy she falls for the high school hunk and she's like why don't you love me like trying to make him love her and she's like fucking everybody up but she's just even though she is attractive wise as far as movie stars go she's like just a you just as far as an actor you're like whatever looking mm-hmm. but she's so hot because she's so fucking crazy and we're talking yeah. about mia goth and that that's part of what draws me to mia goth is like oh obviously you have a very pretty face but your insanity you're exuding it you yes. are uh what's the line from mandy the movie Mandy. you exude my cosmic darkness yeah, yeah. so i love that chick uh wreck number two the loved ones 2009 it's a aussie slasher and i really think if you want to get into the horror mood doesn't matter entry level even entry level you sit down with some friends definitely watch it with friends because it's, it's more like kind of like a fun popcorny slasher and check it out i'm gonna go back in time i guess with cure for wellness being like my most recent one that was like a 2016 you're talking 20 uh 2009 um i think the 2000s to now has been a pretty good period for horror kind of like peak especially the 2010s i think it was a really good time and i'm very in the camp that the 2000s are like fucking as good as horror gets besides the 80s obviously Yes, and I think the 2010s is when horror finally kind of grew up and started mm-hmm. like getting taken a little bit more seriously and the filmmakers behind it were able to get almost metatextual based off of the 80s. Like Scream kind of blew that up to exuberant proportions mm-hmm. to the point where that became a trope, so we needed a new way to do it, especially with the slasher because I'm trying to like knock a subgenre off of everything in my list. My first one was the gothic horror film and the big studio picture. Now I'm going to talk about a slasher. My favorite in recent memory is your next, a movie I know you're not too crazy about, uh, directed by Adam Wingard, who at one point in time I thought was going to be the next big thing. And now he just like is stuck making Godzilla movies or something like that. Um, It's a family going on, like a retreat, like it's a so cabin funny. in the woods. Like, sorry, his career got stalled making billions of dollars. No, no, I, I thought he was gonna make like. Re- I thought yeah. he was gonna be like He's an Ari Aster. Yes, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he was gonna be like my boy, and now Envelope he's just like, pushing and 
Yeah, yeah, I understand. Because again, like this starts off like so many other fucking slashers. Like it's a family in a secluded environment. Like it's even it's, got Barbara Crampton, folks. It does, and it's it's got a great song by um oh looking for that magic. Oh my god, uh, the Dwight Twilley band. Um, but. The second the home invasion starts, the second it turns into the strangers, mm-hmm. you think they're going to like be hiding from these people the entire time. And then one of the family members, girlfriends like, Hey, I grew up in this crazy survivalist uh, commune thing as a kid. And I'm basically yeah. girl Rambo. And I am going to systematically take these people out one by one with simple household objects Again, it's not as metatextual as Scream, but it knows exactly what it's doing. It subverts every single trope. The moment one becomes a trope, it tells you flat out that it's a trope. I saw this at um, the Tribeca Film Festival um, at a midnight thing, and the place went fucking crazy. And it was in like 2011, 2012. And then the movie didn't get released until like 2014. And there were this three years. Like, no, it was 13. Yeah. I think. Was it? Yeah. It was like two or three yeah, years. I saw, it, I saw it when I was living in Montreal. I saw it at theater at Scotiabank, downtown Montreal. My, my theater was like cheering for this fucking movie. And maybe it's just, <laughs> I remember that great experience. But Slasher is my least favorite of the popular subgenres of horror films. Mm-hmm. So when you get one that's, turning it on its head and it's like no not only is this well executed this is same but different i will give my hats off to it this is the one that i find myself revisiting over a friday the 13th sequel or a halloween sequel stacked with in not only indie talent but specifically indie horror talent as well oh i mentioned barbara Crampton. like they threw barbara crampton in there as like obviously as a wink wink nudge nudge oh yeah if you're gonna watch this movie you're gonna really appreciate just seeing her here yeah, a lot of the mumblecore guys from that yes. um from that era. Um what are those the Duplass brothers? Duplass like guys brothers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, guys from the Duplass brother uh kind of click all in there. I thought Adam Winger I was going to is in the movie. I, I was about to say I thought Adam Winger was going to have the career that Ty West eventually got but mm-hmm. better. Uh, where Ty West is like modern horror master. And it's like, but is he though? Is he though? You know, like he's not, like, he's not. None <laughs> of his movies like deliver, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Your um, next reps. My, my, uh, sorry, speak. So you had your next, my next recommendation mm-hmm. is now I, I will preferences preface this, sorry, with saying that, I did not enjoy the COVID era movies, the movies that like spoke about COVID, but this movie I thought nailed it. Uh, 2020 host. Oh yeah. And it's a screen top movie where friends are during COVID. They're having a celebration. I forget if it's a birthday or what, and they're all on zoom. And they said, let's have a seance. And they paid this lady to come and do a seance. And they literally open a portal and they invite a malignant being from the other realm. And it mm-hmm. starts knocking them off one by one. And they're trying to figure it out while on the, while on the screen. And it, it comes in a, at a taut. Let me, let me pull it up here. I think 50 minute runtime. No, one hour, five minute run. So 65 minute runtime. That's insane. That's so you insane. can easily 
digest this quickly. It is scary, but it isn't scary to the point that if you aren't an initiated horror geek, you can't handle it. You can, anybody can handle this. If you in for a horror movie, you can handle this, but it will scare you. And even as a horror geek myself, it gave me some fucking real frights. And that's why I like, I like those movies that delve into, you mentioned devil's candy that mm-hmm. delve into that um, supernatural realm, the mm-hmm. uh, dark, the uh, darkness, not a like, and they don't even, it's like, how, why did this happen? Oh, cause we had a seance, whatever, but what is this being? What? Like there's no, an- no, there's answer no answer. Just, yeah, yeah. Everyone just, everyone just gets knocked off. Yeah. Like we're, we're going to talk about talk to me on the podcast. And that was a mo- The host was a movie. I was thinking about a lot while watching it's just talk host. to me or host. Yeah. Sorry, the host I'm just is being the clear Bong not Joon-ho to correct movie. you, but just like if, in case you are searching it, it's host host. 2020. Yes. Cause there are other movies also called host and it can like, it's actually a common name for movies. It could be di- so host mm-hmm. 2020. If you were specifically looking for it, there's a very popular horror movie called the host directed by Bong Joon-ho too. That will probably yes. come out. It was like host. 2006. Yeah. Something like host, that. host 2020 reminded me of, Talk to me while I was watching. Talk to me. One, because it has to do with the seance. Two, because again, it's the modern generation dealing with modern things and social media mm-hmm. and having their smartphones out and having their laptops out and interesting things. Um, one of the reasons I think that a Carrie remake would have worked so well if they didn't fuck it up so bad is like, <laughs> do Carrie with cell phones, embarrass this girl on social media. Like, it's yeah, right there. Let it go viral and. Yeah, like that would be so good if you adapted Carrie or something to that. So these younger filmmakers, like the people who made Host, um, using social media, one, fucking cool. Two, it's a gimmick movie that doesn't overstay its welcome. I love a good gimmick, but if you're going for fucking two hours on a gimmick, like unfriended i'm this looking movie at does you. not work if that movie tried to be, even if it tried to be an hour 40 it does not work at 65 it's wonderful and five of those are the credits it is a 60 and so it spends the first eight minutes just introducing your characters maybe maybe six minutes and yeah. then it just starts getting scary and then it, it gets goes. scary 15 minutes in and then the next 45 minutes which is 80 percent of the runtime it's frightening my uh, initiation to horror was when I was maybe four years old. I had this giant coffee table book about Universal Monsters and absolutely loved Universal Monsters and monster movies and Frankenstein, Creature from the Black Lagoon, like completely adored that era of filmmaking. And and now I, I watch it. And another, another thing I like about those movies are they're 65 minutes long, so they're over before... I know it. And, you know, they show their age. Like, you don't like watching movies before 1960 sometimes because it's just like it's so dated. Um, I have a great revenance for those older films, but I get where you're coming from, too, where, yeah, they're kind of tough to watch. But I love the kind of maverick spirit of old hollywood because they were trying to figure things out while they were on set these things had never been done before i think it's not modern it's from 1992 it's another big budget studio movie but francis ford coppola's bram stoker dracula is the closest modern film to like a universal monster movie that i think we're ever going to get it's an homage to it for sure Oh, it, you know, everything in that movie Sorry, was a done in horny, camera. Uh, a horny 
homage. It's so <laughs> horny. It's so yeah. horny. And Dracula goes through different levels of being hot. Like he goes from like crusty dusty with the buns mm -hmm. to with a cool robe. It shows to, him as a young warrior. Yep. Shows him with the little mustache and the top hats, mm -hmm. you know, but those in camera special effects are fucking crazy. Like, yeah, I did you, not know that. Everything was in camera. Everything was in camera. Everything was edited on an old real splicer. Like that movie was made like it was 1930 something. Uh, Coppola's son actually did the special effects. And, you know, it's a movie I've seen so many times and kind of didn't like when it first came out. Like I knew Dracula dead and loving it. The Leslie Nielsen movie more than this movie or the Treehouse of horrors, like Simpsons episode more yeah. than this. But I mean, there's shit like there's a shot where the narrator is reading a book and you see a train in the background while he's reading it. Like it's a dream sequence. They had to make a 30 foot book and a little train set to shoot that. You know what I mean? Like really, really crazy stuff. I love old school. And, mood, and again, as the first couple movies we talked about, super moody. Uh, atmospheric sorry i know i'm using bud bu uh, buzzwords but it really does describe what this movie is i'm not a uh my fandom does falls definitely short of yours for this mm -hmm. but it is a wonderful film uh wonderfully shot film winona is great yes. oldman is god tier this is when oldman was just crushing everything that anything they let him be in in hollywood he brought non-hollywood pizzazz to it and you have oldman verse um tony hopkins in it which is a lot that's right yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um yeah you and talked Keanu about was in over his head at the time we love keanu but like, he was in over his head it just yeah yeah a hundred percent and and i think it was a nice bounce back from godfather part three because coppola is the infamous one for them one for me one for them one for me kind mm -hmm. of guy and you know, he was almost bankrupt. The studio was like, listen, we're going to make Godfather three with or without you. He wanted to make it with Winona. We all know that story. He couldn't do it. It made money, but it like kind of destroyed the credibility of the Godfather movies for a little while. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to make this fucking weird movie, whether you like it or not. And I'm going to get the cinematographer from Werner Fassbender's People films. showed up and went to the movies. They go, Ooh, a Dracula movie. He's like, uh, in a way <laughs> in a way it made like, 220 Dracula million dollars off a 40 million dollar <laughs> budget in 1992 so uh so my next wreck is the uh, i'm going the opposite direction this is an indonesian movie and you think when i say that you probably want to pop off you want to say the night comes for us no nobody outside of super movie geeks would say that but you want to say the raid movies whatever like them this is an indonesian horror movie pure horror queen of black magic oh wow and it came out in 2019 and unless i actually don't know if anybody in my immediate horror movie circle has seen this movie i've never and seen this movie i love this cover though it's fucking in again to use the term super gnarly actually this is only for the i will only recommend this movie if you are horror movie initiated if you like if you're struggling with the loved ones do not try queen of black magic because <laughs> it is uh disturbing it is disgusting um and it, it's about these people who grew up in an orphanage 
They're like basically a, a giant foster home, not really an orphanage, but like a giant foster home, whatever. They're all orphans though. Mm-hmm. And they said, and then now they're all grown and the person who took care of them is dying. So they went, they all go back. They've all grown and they're like, it's kind of like uh, the big chill, you know, they all they yeah, reconnect yeah. now. Yeah. And or dream catcher. And, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, they all go back and insanity ensues. And it's a lot of bugs, a lot of gross, and a lot of disgusting kills. And it's, uh, yeah, again, you need to really be a horror. If you really want to dive into the deep end, this is of recent years, this is one of the movies that really, although I won't say I love the movie i'm just a huge fan of wow it really takes the giant swings and it's tough watch not for the squeamish the black magic 2019 not for the squeamish i have done a big studio horror film with cure for wellness uh modern slasher with your next and a classic universal monster movie with bram stoker's dracula by the time that this episode released we have released an episode on the fly and from beyond from beyond yes it's very clear that we're fans of body horror and gross goo on this podcast we are mm-hmm. uh we're goo kings over here at dgen cinema this film might be the gooiest of them all i know we said that with from beyond but we did dance around how this is a little gooier but in 1989 the producer of from beyond and the reanimator brian Usna. <laughs> Made a film called Society, which it's just funny. Sorry, folks. It's just funny that I was like, not for the squeamish. He's like, and Andy says, oh, I'll show you not squeamish. <laughs> that was my segue. Yeah. yeah. This that was me being unwatchable. A- unwatchable unless you are truly, uh, not only you need to be perverse and you need to have a strong ironclad stomach. Society is a kind of annoying melodrama for about 80 minutes. And Mm -hmm. then for the last 25 minutes, it becomes the craziest display of gooey practical effects you've ever seen. I love the thing. I love total recall. I love the fly. Do I think that those practical effects are applied better? Sure. Absolutely. Do I think society does everything those movies do, but times a thousand really, really quickly in the weirdest imaginable way possible, including a man shoving his wrist up a person's anus and pulling his tongue out through his mouth and then eating it and then turning into a giant uh, butt monster? Yeah. (laughs) absolutely absolutely it does does it feature crazy incest where the father daughter and mother are having sex and turn into one being and then that being tries to eat the son absolutely it does it is insane and i've shown it to non-horror fans who are film fans who say i can't believe you like this trash and then i say let me show you something. And I fast forward to the end of society and just like, just watch this. And they all get it. They're like, I kind of get this. The way you watch this movie feels like the way people root for a sports team where they're like, I'm here for this. I'm here for this guy. I'm here for Yuzna's fucking madness. I'm here for screaming mad George's special effects. Like 
if you want body horror, if you listen to her from beyond in the fly episode and thought, I want something a little more hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Society 1989 by Brian Yuzna is your fucking movie. Society is to horror fans what um, the people in Crash are to sex, meaning you go, I just need something next level to really get me off. It needs yeah. to really hit hard. Yeah, it, it um, hits home. My last wreck is to horror fans, I guess, known to average fan, not. And it is definitely digestible no matter where you consider yourself in the horror spectrum of what you can handle. It's a comedy, first and foremost, but with some brutal kills. Murder Party, made by Jeremy Saunier, who went on afterwards, long afterwards, to Mm -hmm. make Blue Ruin and then Green Room. And Mm -hmm. then he... Then he got an intrude detective season and then beginning he had like a giant career. But this yeah. this movie and it was co-starring Macon Blair, who now is a he's doing the tech uh the Toxic Avenger remake. Yeah, yes. And he <laughs> is now a indie movie darling. But yeah. at the time was not only that time, but this movie, nobody so they made this movie, they made no money. And then they said, we're going to try. They took all the money they could get together and they made him and Macon made Blue Ruin. And they literally said, if this doesn't hit, we are leaving. We're, we're done. Like, this is yeah. like all the effort we have towards this industry. And then Blue yes. Ruin hit and then their careers took off. But I'm talking about other movies, not this movie. Murder Party is the quintessential, maybe not quintessential, but it's up there for me, top five most fun Halloween movies, period. Yeah. And it's a blast. It's it's fun if you're just sitting by yourself. You want to see some cool and it runs in what's the runtime? I want to say like 86 minutes. Yeah, it's a 90 minute garbage movie. I love 90 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's 80, movies. it's an hour yeah. 19 minutes. So it's 80 yeah. minutes long. It's 80 minutes. It doesn't fuck around to get there. It stars it's about this guy who's a geek who lives in New York. And he literally sees a flyer and it says, Come to our murder party. And he has nothing going on in Halloween because He's a loser. And so he does just show, he takes that flyer as, ooh, and he shows up. And these people are like, oh, we are going to kill you as part of an art installation because they're trying to break into the art scene. Yeah, but it's exactly. all like very tongue in cheek. And then the last 25, 30 minutes is just like, well, low budget, but still, even on the budget, Sonia delivers wonderful kills. But it's all in a very funny way. And you're not going to be. You're not going to have to close your eyes. You're not going to avert your eyes or anything. And you are going to laugh. It's And there's still like the last hold up while not hitting you over the head with, I hate when they try with these satires for horror. Like you, we spoke about it off air, but bodies, 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 like, huh, yeah. huh? like they're tongue in cheek and like hitting you. And it's like, okay, I get like, I get what you're referencing. Like you don't have to just do it. You don't need to bash me over the head with it. And this does actually bash people over the head while yeah. not bashing you over the head with the analogy of how much of a satire it is. So murder party, what's the release date? 2010 or 2009? Oh, it was earlier. It was Holy so much shit. earlier than that. Seven. Yeah. yeah. 2007 was the release date on it. So I saw blue ruin at a film festival and walked out of that with my wife at the time saying, I think we just saw the next Coen brothers, like whatever that was, like that felt like what it must've felt like seeing blood simple. Um, And then did some digging and was like, Oh look, these guys made a garbage movie. Like let's watch their garbage movie. And while watching it, I thought, Oh, maybe there's Sam Raimi. Like maybe that's what this is. And it, you said like 
you hate when things hit you over the head with satire and funny. It's got that three stooges crazy energy to it. Mm-hmm. It's it's so crazy. Murder party is it's so crazy. To- tonally and atmospherically nothing like Sonia went on to do later. No. Even I'm a giant fan. Like I love Blue Ruin. I am a big fan of Green Room. Mm-hmm. And even his Netflix movie uh what the fuck was that called? Hold I'm the gonna, Dark. I have to pull it up. Thank you. Yeah, Hold the You're Dark. Welcome. Even like I'm like, "Hey, I still fuck with that movie even though it was a sw- it was a swing and a miss. I just appreciate yeah. that you took the giant swing at least." This is nothing like this is literally light and airy, but not in the way like, oh, look how light and airy we're being. It just is, oh, just is char- characters having fun. Like you said, Three stooges there's like some slapsticky. So what do you got? I, I kind of feel bad because you went so lighthearted with your last one and I'm going the complete <laughs> Well, I went with, it's, for me, I I watch it every Halloween. Yeah. And not, not every October, literally every Halloween I watch Murder this Party, is so. this is new to me. This is an old film, and this is a film that's been recently kind of discovered by people because its release was so difficult to come across. I think it was released on like VHS once, DVD once, and just was never on any streaming platforms until recently. Right now, you can buy or rent it on any of the streaming platforms. It is available to stream on Shutter and AMC Plus. But uh, 1981 psychological horror film directed by Andrzej Zarczowski. I don't know, some Polish guy. No, it's fucking Possession, man. Um, Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Starring the great Sam Neill and Isabella um, Adonji. Yeah. This is a crush your fucking soul movie that I always knew about. Because if you're a person like Brandon and I, which you probably are because you're listening this far. Like you Google, like what's the most fucked up horror movie? What's the most fucked up movie? What's going to crush your soul? And this pops up on those lists. It's not martyrs. It's not human centipede. It's not that even come brutal. see me or whatever. Yeah. It's, but it is a it hurts. Yeah. It hurts the soul. The basically the entire runtime. It's very difficult. And at Johnny, I was just reading about this movie uh, earlier today and she won the Palm door for that. And uh, originally, as you were talking about, you were talking about as difficult it was to release. It was so the, the movie runs at like an hour 50 or something, but the original release, it was a 80 minute butcher, like fucking, And it was unwatchable. And the the original movie that they that they tried to because they were they thought they were gonna make they thought there was gonna be their exorcist, but it's or even Rosemary's more, Baby or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But it's yeah. it's even harder to relate to than that. It's it does uh, closer, feel close to Rosemary's Baby in the sense that it is definitely like the worst breakup movie of all time. Like it's yes. it's about <laughs> divorce. This movie is about divorce. Yes. It's it's like the exorcist meets and the Kramer mental versus Kramer. disintegration, the mental disintegration of a woman and also her, her husband or soon to be ex-husband, whatever, however you want to classify that. Mm-hmm. And his, cause he's a spy for like the CIA living in another country in Eastern Europe. And, you know, because of his profession, he doesn't really like know who the fuck he is because he's always playing someone else. So, like, this movie deals with doppelgangers. There's doubles of people. 
it has that kind of David Lynchy vibe to it, but mm-hmm. it also has like octopus monsters and yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so soul crushing that it it like really really hurts. This is like the heavy movie on my fucking list that is widely available now. I see the horror community like talking about this. Um, it's new to me. The film community splooges all over this movie these days because it, it is, if you are horror geek, not horror, sorry, if you are film geek, this is the movie. And everybody talks about Ed Johnny and she's the greatest, which she is. She and held the crown the best, as the most, she, she held the crown as the most beautiful woman on earth for like, you know, four years there in the late 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Um, yeah, it's, 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 like you said, soul crushing is the best term to describe it. So, so what, are, what were your five? To recap, recap, my, my five were 2017 sorry 2015 because sorry because they, they fucked the release date 2015's the black coat's daughter okay 2009 the loved ones 2020 host 2019 the queen of black magic and coming in at 2007 the raucous murder party i have and you had tw- 2016's cure for wellness 2011, you're next. 1992's Francis Ford Coppola presents Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> 1989, Brian Usna's Society. And the soul crushing 1981 psychological horror drama, Possession, to wrap our top 10 great underrated horror movies. For the spooky sleazen. This is coming out right before Halloween. We sincerely want to wish everyone a happy Halloween and hope everyone is watching as many fucking horror movies as possible, as Brandon and I tend to do. It is and Halloween is the holiday to imbibe in the gen behavior, if there ever was one. Yeah. If you're gonna have sex with someone dressed as Harley Quinn, now is your time. Go for it. Sounding off, this is DGen Cinema, a podcast for fucked up movie lovers. <laughs> <laughs>